I was trying to think of what would be something great to talk about on Mother's Day that would really speak to our moms, but to everyone who's watching. And I thought that we could talk about what's for dinner. Something as moms we think about a lot, right? And for everybody else, you want to know the answer to that question, don't you? Um, I don't know how much time that I spend thinking about what's for dinner, but I know that when I finally do plan dinner, it's about five minutes later that I hear about half of my kids saying, I'm so hungry. You guys don't hear that? It's just my kids that seem to be hungry all the time. Um, and I hear the boys are worse. And so I have five girls at the beginning and just the little guy, he's usually the one that's hungry. And so just I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to save to feed this boy at the end of um, when he's a teenager and still growing. But the Bible talks a lot about how our physical bodies that we can learn a lot in how we take care of them to be able to take care of our spiritual man. And so today I want to talk to you about what we fill ourselves with, what we eat and put into our physical bodies, and also what we put into our physical man. And so about 10 years ago, we started working with a personal trainer. It was only for about a short period of time because he made me work out, and I don't really like that. Um, and so I quit. He kept working out. But there was a couple things that we learned that really changed how we saw fitness and how we saw health overall. And one of them was that about 80% of what of your health, your overall health, is what you put into your body. Pretty big percentage. And so it made an impact on me because what he got paid to do was to teach people to work out. And so basically he told me I didn't really need him any longer. And so that's, that's why I quit. But we took that information, well, that's part of the reason why. Um, we took that information and we tried to apply it to our lives and to make healthier eating choices and, and pay attention to what we were putting in our bodies. Our bodies can be either healthy or unhealthy based on what we put in it, and it's the same with our spirits. And so just like broccoli once a week can't alone fix our overall health, going to church once a week can't fix our spiritual health. And so we have to take a look at everything that we put in that. So if I asked you to evaluate where your spiritual health is or how healthy your spirit man was, what would you say? Would you think about things like, well, I go to church every week or every other week. I read my Bible, however often you do that. And those are all good things, and they add to our spiritual health, but there's a lot of other things that add to it as well. Really, it's everything we watch, everything we hear, everything we see all goes into our spirit man. And so if we're not paying attention to all of those things, we can maybe get a false understanding of where we are and where our health is. A fun fact, when we went to Israel, um, we, our tour guide had told us that in ancient Israel that the Israelites were a lot healthier than the people around them. And one of the reasons was is because God had told them, and amongst many other things, to wash their hands before they ate. That's pretty simple now, and we're like, well, duh. But back then, they had no concept of germs or bacteria or anything like that. And so they washed their hands out of obedience to God. But because of that, they were not putting in bacteria and germs and all of the things that the other nations around them were. And so we are putting things in our body healthy, but we are also putting things in our body that is unhealthy. And so today, 
I want to talk to you about three things that can kind of help us evaluate where our spirit man is. But before we get started, let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for opportunities and moments to do a checkup and to take a look at where we are and make adjustments so that we can come into more alignment with you and the life that you have for us. Father, I pray that you would speak today, that it wouldn't be me, but that people would hear what you have to say, that you would convict our hearts and open our eyes to see what we need to see. I know that no one is here by accident and that you have a word and a message for each and every person here. So help us to hear that. Help us to listen to you. Open our hearts and open our ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the first question is, what is filling you? What is filling you? Um, From the time that our kids were little, we chose to make them eat all of their vegetables and the healthy things that we made and put in front of them. Mean, right? I know. But because of that, our kids are not very picky. I know. (laughs) Matt's like, no, no. (laughs) Um, But our kids aren't very picky. And then when they got a little older, we allowed them to choose two things that they never had to eat again except for I kind of made them try it again. But for the most part, they never had to eat those two things again. And what it did is it made them um, more willing, I guess, to eat everything else other than those two things. And it caused them to put more healthy things into their body. Um, When we were studying and, or when I was studying and researching about the foods that we put in our body, The processed foods and the sugars and all of that, there was two things that stood out to me and what it does to your body when you put it in. And one is that it inhibits the absorption of nutrients. So when you're taking in all of that other stuff in your body, when you finally put the broccoli in or the salad in or that good stuff, your body doesn't absorb as much from it than what it should. So it is with our spirit man. When you're putting things into your spirit man that's unhealthy, it, it... helps us or causes us to not absorb the things that God is trying to place into our spirit. The Bible calls it a hard heart. We call it being desensitized. Have you heard the parable of the sower? Where the sower goes out and he sows the seeds and it falls on four different kinds of soil? One of the kinds of soil was stony ground. And what happened when the seed fell on the stony ground? It didn't produce any fruit in the life of the person that heard it. In Proverbs 28, verses 13 through 14, it says, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. When we are not sensitive to the things of God, when, when we come to a worship service or we hear a message or, or the presence of God like Pastor Matt enters the room, and we're kind of like, that's good. Our heart is hardened. And then the seed that God's trying to sow on our heart, the things that we need to be able to make the life changes that are necessary in our life, they don't go deep into our heart. They don't produce fruit out of our heart. We don't want to be apathetic to the things of God. We don't want to be in that place where God can't move us, where we're not touched, where we aren't broken when God is speaking certain things to our life. Another thing that unhealthy foods do is it breaks down cells' defensive structure. 
And so for all the years, I think from third grade on, we learned about cells. As a homeschool mom, I taught cells. I've never used this information. I hear I'm going to have to continue to teach it. And so I wanted to put all of this knowledge into use. So I studied what unhealthy foods do to our cells to be able to share it with you. Um, but what I learned is that all of those things, the, the processed and sugar and all that stuff, it's kind of like a Trojan horse. Do you guys know what a Trojan horse is? It's where something looks beautiful and amazing on the outside, but inside it's destruction and damage. That's what that stuff looks like to our cells. So when our cells see it, it's like, ooh, I like that. Let me take that in. And so it takes it inside the cell wall, and then what happens is it begins to break down the defenses of the cell, and so that the cells are now defenseless against bacteria and diseases and germs that come into our body, that we come in contact with all the time. And so that's what it does spiritually. There's a thing in pro or a poetic picture in Proverbs verse chapter 7 that I think gives us a really good picture of what this looks like that I wanted to read with you today. Starting in verse 6, it says, At the window of my house I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. This was a person who wasn't wise in the things of God, wasn't filling himself with wisdom. It says he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, and then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the streets, now in the squares, at every corner, she lurks. We see that he wasn't sinning, was he? He was just walking by her house, walking down the street at night. But does that sound wise, to walk down the street by a prostitute's house at night alone? So he was kind of allowing his defenses to come down. He was allowing things around him to, to make him compromise boundaries. And then it says, And then she took hold of him and kissed him, and with a brazen face she said, Today I fulfilled my vows, and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you, and I have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink deeply of love till morning. Let us enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home, and he has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money, and he will not be home till full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. This is what happens with us. At first, we just allow some unhealthy things into our spirit man. Things that are not that bad, right? Not that big of a deal. But we still have that conviction that maybe we shouldn't be. But then our, cells defen or our, our defenses become down, and so when the enemy comes and lures us into something, puts that temptation in front of us, we just kind of bite by bite walk into that thing. We step right into it, not realizing that what it's going to cause is what sin always causes, and that is death. And we find ourselves to where we would have, doing things that we would have never done, things that used to once disgust us, that we used to hate, and then suddenly 
because our defenses are down, we find ourselves in that place. I've been there. Have you been in that place where you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why am I making these decisions? And oftentimes, we can look around and we can say, well, if I look at where I've been walking, I can kind of see how I got there. I've allowed things into my life that I never should have. We often think that if we make healthy choices, that we're doomed to a life of being less satisfied. If we choose to not eat dessert after every meal, then we will never enjoy food again. But I am here to tell you that you can actually make cookies that are healthy. Kelly did, and she gave them to me, and I ate them all, other than the ones she made me share. Um, But what we realize when we start making healthy choices is that the toxins and the unhealthy things start to purge from us, and we begin to be satisfied with the things that we were created to be satisfied for. And then we realize we actually like those things better. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. We only grow when we allow in the things that we were desired to eat, desired to put in ourselves. That's when we grow. Everything else truly does cause destruction. Another question is, who is filling you? There's lots of things that fill us. Social media, news, friends, coworkers, whatever it is, there's lots of things and people that are speaking into our life all the time. And we can choose the best available, but if all of the things around us aren't that good, then our choices are still going to be unhealthy. For example, if I go to McDonald's, sorry, Ryan, and I try to choose something healthy, there's nothing available. And it's gotten worse because not too long ago, I went to McDonald's and I say, I'll take the salad. I'll be healthy. They don't have salad. And I said, well, I'll take the grilled chicken sandwich. And they don't have that anymore either. What's going on? But I will never get filet mignon at McDonald's, ever. And so if the things that I am surrounding myself with are kind of like McDonald's, then I'm never going to be healthy. So who are the, th- who are the people, what is the sources that are around you? Do you have options for healthy choices? Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. When we walk with wise people, when we allow wise sources to pour into us, it will make us wise. But if what is around us is foolish things, the foolish things of this world, we will be destroyed because of it. Oftentimes I think that we maybe think that we're strong enough and that we can, we can be above that. That maybe we can hang around those people and they won't influence us. Or we can listen to those things and because we go to church every week that it won't bring us down. Well, 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, so where does this, oh no, I'm sorry, wrong verse. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. That's not a, it could, it's that it does. So what we surround ourselves with, if it's bad, it will corrupt us wherever we're at. I'm sure many of us have seen, known, or heard of 
strong spiritual men and women that fell. And I can venture to guess that's not because they were surrounded and being poured into by healthy things. Somewhere along the line, the enemy was able to get them off alone, off into unhealthy things, or, not, or just not being surrounded by healthy things at all, off by themselves. And he was able to do what Proverbs 7 said, lure them in to things and eventually into sin. Where are you going to get fed? Church is a good place. And this one, I think, is a great one because I think Pastor Matt is an excellent preacher. I am also a little biased. And I know firsthand how much time he spends with God, how much time he spends studying. But he's a man. And he is not the best source. There is a better source, and that is God. And so, yes, we need to surround ourselves with good people. And we need to surround ourselves with good podcasts and good books and all of those things. But first and foremost, we need to surround ourselves with godly things, with the word of God. In Psalm 103.5, it says, he fills my life with good things. That's only God. Because everything good and everything perfect comes from God. And we have to be getting those good things from him. John 6.57, Jesus says, as the living father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. Jesus is life. And we have to feed on him to add life to our spirit man. And yes, that's out at salvation, but that is every single day. We need to be feeding on God. It doesn't say he who fed on me that one time. It's he who feeds on me all the time. And just like we need to eat every day, we need to fill ourselves with nourishment every day. We need to be filling ourselves with the things of God every day. Now, this isn't a message to get you to never eat another cookie or ever watch TV or any of those things again, because when the Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from God, that is more than just reading the Bible and more than just worship. God is so much more than that. God is laughter, and God is joy, and God is fun, and God is play. And God, I think he's a jokester, and he probably plays pranks. I am pretty sure of it. And so all of those things, spending time with family and encouraging each other, like all of that goes into filling our spirit man and being a, a person that fills other people and allows God to do that. The third question is, what do you hunger for? And I think this is kind of the heart of where I wanted to go today. There's so much research and study on health, but there's so many unhealthy people. Why is that? Why do we hunger for unhealthy foods when there's so much wisdom out there to teach us differently? And the same is true with our spirit man. Why when we know, if we're a Christian, we know that we should go to God? I'm sure none of that was new information that I just told you. We know that we should spend time with God. We know that we should be in his presence. But why do we choose other things? Or why do we have to fight with ourselves to choose those things? I think oftentimes it's because when we go to God, we go to God for us. We go to God because we need or we want. I know that's me. I, I was thinking over the last 
months of how all my prayers and what they look like, and most of them looks like, God, give me wisdom for my kids. God, open this door. God, show me where I need to go here or what I need to do there. And it was a lot of, God, I'm coming to you for me. And it wasn't as much, God, I'm coming to you for you. God, I'm coming to you because I want to be with you, because I want to know you, because I just love you that much. And so I was thinking about my mom, and I love my mom. And I just enjoy spending time with her. In fact, one of my favorite things to do with my mom is to just sit and talk. I love to talk a lot. My kids will tell you, and my husband. He's had to learn. And that's what I love to do with my mom is to talk. But you know what? My mom, she makes a really great cup of coffee. It is my favorite cup of coffee. She just I don't know what she does to it. It is the best cup of coffee. But if my mom never made me another cup of coffee again, I would still love her just the same. I would still want to hang out with her just the same. She would still, you know, be the person that I wanted to run and talk to first and foremost about everything, not because of what she does, but because of who she is. That's how we should be with God. That God, if you don't answer that question that I need answered, I still want to be with you just the same. God, if you don't open that door, I'm still going to run to you. God, if you don't give me wisdom that I'm asking for, then I'm going to still come to you. Why? Because, first of all, he's worth it. He's worthy of it. But second of all, if I go to God for God, then his word says he will give me everything I need. And what I realize, if I'm always going to God for something, then it kind of narrows what I'm going to receive from him. Because what I'm looking for is what I'm asking for. But if I go to God for him, then I get what I need, and it may be something I would have never asked for. St. Augustine said, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek him, the greatest adventure. To find him, the greatest human achievement. That's what I want my heart to be. To where the greatest adventure I could ever be on is finding God. That's what it should be. Life with God, really all out there, really going for him, nothing else matters. It is, it's an adventure. He'll take you places that you never would have dreamed, open doors that you never would have prayed for. But that comes by pursuing him for who he is. We can't be okay with the unhealthy things in our life, and it's not a small issue because those things separate us from God. They cause a wall between us and God. Those are the things that make us apathetic to him, like when we come into a worship service or a message or whatever it is, and we're kind of like, eh. It's because of those unhealthy things that we allow in our life, and that should break our heart. That should cause us to want to let go of anything and everything because it separates us from him. Psalms 42.2 says, My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? Is that your heart today? When you're done with your prayer time or your worship time, are you like, I can't wait to get back? God, I gotta go run, do this thing, but I'm looking forward to when I can talk to you again. It's not always mine if I'm honest, but I want it to be. I want to be to where all the time that that is who 
that I look to spend time with, that is who I look to talk to first, is God first and foremost. Luke 6.45 says, As a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What we put in is what we'll get out. We can't allow the world to fill us with things and then expect to accomplish great things for God, to expect to make a difference in our world. If we're not putting those things in us, those things will not come out of us. Are we going to the world or going to let the world or our flesh or a companion of fools tell us what to eat or how to be healthy or are we going to let God tell us those things? And so on Mother's Day, I just want to take a moment to encourage parents because this is a lot about us and hopefully we're all looking at ourselves and saying, God, are there things that I need to shift in my life? But as parents, we need to look at the same thing for our kids. What are we allowing our kids to fill themselves with? What are we allowing them to put into their life? It's our job to teach them. We aren't born knowing the things that are good for us. We're born into a sinful, fallen, broken world with a sinful nature. And as parents, it's our job to train the kids in the ways of the Lord. But I think oftentimes as parents, we're more concerned with them being happy in a moment than for their future abundant life. I know there's been times when I've made decisions because I know it would make them unhappy, but it wasn't what was best for them. But you know what? We have permission as parents to make our kids unhappy. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing sometimes. But more importantly, we're going to stand before God and we're going to answer for all of those. And I am confident that God's not going to say, oh, you made a bad decision so they would be happy. Okay. He's going to be like, you knew better. You knew better. And so I want to encourage you. It's against the social grain to tell our kids that they can't do things that are unhealthy. You can't be friends with that person. You can't watch that video or have that app or whatever it is. But it's good for them. And when we've made those stands, when we've chosen that, we have never regretted it. Never regretted it. And eventually, eventually, our kids have never regretted it either. Teach your kids about God. Teach them to love him for who he is. Because if we allow our kids to make all their decisions based on being happy, then we're teaching our kids to go to God to be happy. And if you are old, you know, over 15 in this room, you know that everything God tells you doesn't make you happy in a moment. But it's always what's best for you. And I was just talking to one of my daughters not too long ago, talking kind of about this subject, and I was telling her that when we go to God always for us and what makes us happy is putting us on the throne of our heart, making us our own idol. Kind of powerful, isn't it? We have to have God on that throne of our heart. And we do things because God says, because he's worthy, because he's leading us there, even if it doesn't make us happy in the moment, but because it's right. But we choose to put God on the throne of our life because we know that he's good. His nature is good. 
And so the things that he's going to bring out of our life are always good. When he tells us to do something or not to do something, it's always for our good. We just need to trust him in the moment. As I close, what things have you been wanting or needing to change? Has this inspired something in you? Is there something that you're like, man, yeah, God's been speaking that to me for a while, and I need to make that change? The best way to make a change in your life is not to try to stop doing the wrong thing, but it's to start doing the right thing. Not so long ago, there was a lot of tension and fighting in our home, our kids, all six of them. There just seemed to be an increase of all of that. And we tried to get them to stop fighting. We tried to get them to stop yelling at each other, stop taking each other's stuff, whatever it was. And then we realized that something had shifted not too long before that, and we started focusing on we're behind in school, and we're busy, and we're trying to get these things done, and their Bible time had started to wane. Thankfully, in rearing our kids, we had a lot of amazing parents that had kids older than ours that taught us a lot of things, and one of those was Pastor Mike and Christy, and they taught us that you always have your kids do Bible time every day spending time with God, as soon as they're old enough to read. So our seven-year-olds, they get up and they read the Bible every morning. And it's amazing, and we chose to do it because at 14, Brooke, Mike, Pastor Mike's oldest daughter, she stood at a women's conference with over 200 women, and she was sharing and speaking, and, and what was coming out of her was absolutely amazing. And I was blown away. I'm like, I'm learning from this 14-year-old girl. But it was because of what she was filling herself with every day. Because God's not a respecter of age. God can bring amazing wisdom out of any age if you're willing to fill yourself with it. And so we instituted that with our kids. But what we had realized during this time is it wasn't happening as much. And basically what we were telling our kids without telling our kids is school is more important than God because we prioritize that over the things of God. And so we shifted and we made a change. We're like, that's it. It doesn't matter what doesn't happen. This has to happen in our home. And in like a week and a half, the atmosphere changed. Everything changed in our home. Now there's six kids and they're young and they still do fights. I'm not telling you it solves everything. But the, the tension in the home was gone. The strife changed. So when you make a positive change and you start to fill yourself with the right things, God comes in and he supernaturally blesses that. So whatever it is you need to change in your life, start doing the right thing and you're going to find that God's going to bless your efforts. He's going to anoint it. He's going to come and he's going to quicken the growth in that to be able to get you to where you need to be because he's that good. Go ahead and stand with me today. As we close out before we worship, I just wanted to pray for us before we leave. That God would, one, just reveal anything that needs to be changed in our life. That he would, two, give us wisdom to be able to make whatever those changes are, to know what to fill ourselves with and what to let go of. And three, that we would be encouraged knowing that he is going to support us and strengthen us along the way. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, I thank you that you are a good father that you love us so much that you will not leave us walking on a path that's away from you, Lord God, but you are willing to come and meet us on a day like today and to jolt us back, Lord God, to wake us up so 
that we can see the things that are not good for us in our life. But God, also that you are always there and always willing to get us back on the right path. And so I pray that you would convict our hearts today, that even in the days and weeks to come, Lord God, that you would open our eyes to things that are unhealthy for us. And Father, that you would help us to see clearly how to make changes, that you would open up times and windows of opportunity to be able to meet with you, Lord God, that you would remind us on our car rides and and in those moments, Lord God, when we can speak with you, to come to you and to not go to other things. And Father God, I pray that you would make time, that you would open up windows of time in our busy schedule so that we can have that time with you, Lord God. I pray for each and every one of the kids that are represented in this room and online today. God, that you would help them to be hungry for the things of you, Lord God, that you would stir up their hearts to go after you, that you would give them the courage and the boldness to be able to stand out against culture and society, to be able to walk for you. Rise up a boldness in our children, Lord God. And we just pray that you would bless them and that you would protect them. We pray that moms would be honored on this day and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's worship before we go out of here today, church. Good, good father, it's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're perfect, God. You are perfect in all of you. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To us, you perfect God. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Hallelujah. God's word is awesome, isn't it? I just love how after a message or service talking to people, and I'll ask a lot, like, what'd you get out of it today? What spoke to you the most? And it always amazes me how the Holy Spirit will custom fit every word to each and every person. I mean, if I had a dollar for how many times people said, like, were you following me all week long, you know? Uh, It's amazing how God does that, isn't it? And I love, just right here at the end, this point that Katie made where she said, Sometimes in order to get the right result or behavior we want in our lives, it's not so much about trying to stop doing the wrong thing as much as trying to start doing 
the right thing. It's amazing when you fill yourself with godly things, how there's no space for corrupt things to make their way in. I learned a long time ago about my thought life that Paul says anything good, anything pure, virtuous, praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Meaning think deeply and think often. Because if you fill your mind with all kinds of great stuff, guess what? The, the bad thinking just doesn't seem to have as much space to get in there and take over. So pursue godliness. Go after the good things of God and watch the conduct and character and habits in your life continue to get strengthened and improved in the results that we want and that God wants.